Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Good Grief. My name is Dr. Christine Malone, and in this podcast, we talk about trauma, tragedy, and survival. In each episode, I will interview someone that has gone through grief in some way, and we will discuss the impact it has had on their life. By sharing these stories, we hope that others won't feel alone should they be going through similar situations. Enjoy. Okay, so today my guest is Leela, and she is going to tell us a couple things about herself, and we'll get into our interview. So tell us a couple things about yourself, Leela. Um, my name's Leela. I live in Washington State. Um, I work in the medical field, and in my spare time, I like to make music and write songs. Great, great. And I know we're going to post a link um when this podcast is posted to your, where, where our listeners can find your songs. Um, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I've listened to a few of them and I, I really like them. Um, and I really can tell how they must be helpful to you um, in your, your healing process. So I know that your story is that you were married um, to someone who was uh, emotionally uh, manipulative or abusive. Um, so tell us a little bit about what it was like to be in that type of relationship. Um, well, at first, I mean, things were good and, um, you know, some people talk about things like love bombing and everything being perfect and, you know, um, going on nice vacations, fancy dates, nothing but love, um, that lasted maybe a year and a half to two years. Um, he was also in the military, so periods of kind of being apart and uh, missing each other and all that um but over the years I don't know there was just kind of like a lot of manipulation and mind games and things that were pretty painful to deal with um a lot easier to see after after he decided to move out one day in the middle of my work day um he decided to get an apartment randomly. Um, it was a lot easier to see all those patterns, I guess, towards the end. But definitely at first, everything seemed perfect, like a fairy tale. And yeah. It yeah. didn't end up that way. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. I've, I've also been in a relationship with someone who uh, things were really nice at first, and then they just gradually got worse. And after the fact, when I look back, I thought, how did I not see that? And how did I not noticed that and why didn't I end this sooner kind of thinking so um he moved and then I know um he had uh, he, he ended up taking his own life a couple years later so he was living outside the state and you hadn't seen him for a while is that right yeah we hadn't even spoken for like almost an entire year okay uh, and previously he had you know one of the most difficult things of being with him would be like the threats of suicide um okay. if I left and things like that um and just yeah he just kind of never really wanted to get any help for himself what I really wanted was both of us to get therapy I had been in therapy almost our whole relationship which is probably something that kept me a little kind of strong um and I really really wanted him to get some too because I knew he was struggling but um the culture of the military and maybe some of his family that's not really um uh, acceptable 
Um, and instead of getting help, seems like he just kind of lost himself um, in like substances and things like that. Um, the kind of abusing a lot of random things, including alcohol, but anything, anything he could get his hands on to just kind of numb the pain. And I think before he did um, end up dying, uh, he had a couple days maybe of, of sobriety. And I don't know if the feelings got too much, um, but this is just all kind of stuff I heard from his family because I hadn't been in contact with him at all. So was it from his family that you found out that he had passed? Was that who? Yeah. His mom texted me saying, um, I hope you're happy, selfish witch, with a broken heart emoji and a crying emoji. And I kind of knew when she said that, but it like kind of what she was referring to because she hadn't reached out to me in a long time. But I tried calling her. I tried calling him. Um, the phone, his phone was off. And then I, I called his brother. I still had his brother's phone number. And I was like, I'm really sorry to... Um, bother you but I got this messed up text message and I just want to know if something happened and that and then he told me so have you talked to the mom at all since then mm -hmm. yeah she called me um pretending I mean I felt like she was kind of pretending to apologize um but in the same token she gave me more details and then kind of blamed me more by saying that I was the the biggest regret of his life was like leaving me. And I felt like that was just kind of a, an extra slap in the face. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, she she pretended to to reach out again to apologize, but I kind of just felt like it was driving the knife in my heart in deeper or something. Yeah. Um, how about the other family members? Like you said, you spoke to the brother. Did they share the same sense that the mom did? No. Um, Everybody kind of knows that she's had her own battle with demons is maybe the best way to put it. She's extremely religious. Um, and everybody kind of knows like you don't you don't want to take certain things she says to heart and they, they don't really share that mindset. They know that what he did was his choice um and it's like his brother said something like it's nobody's fault but his um I do think there's other factors and after talking to his mom a bit I kind of noticed some of the ways that she talks to people are maybe all he ever learned as a communication style and they're kind of abusive um patterns abusive communication styles or something and so it kind of almost helped me forgive him in a way just seeing how how cruel she could be to me it's like maybe that's the only way anybody ever talked to him yeah um, so do you I mean so the mom obviously has some issues and so on um how did you feel when you heard he had taken his own life I mean you'd already been sep sep separate from him you hadn't spoken to him in almost a year but how did that impact you when you heard that he had gone, he'd taken his own life? I was devastated, but in a way, like I had mentally prepared for hearing something like that because of how often he would make me imagine um, him dying 
with the threats. Um, so in a way I wasn't, it wasn't like a huge shock to where like, oh my God, I never could have thought something like this would ever happen, but it was still like extremely upsetting. And at the time I found out I was, um, anticipating some other grief because my stepdad got a really bad cancer diagnosis only a month prior so I was kind of in a state of mourning um or like grief even though my stepdad hadn't died yet but then he died about six days later and so that was just kind of a lot of com compounding stuff at once it was like I didn't it was like I was already so low down from being stressed out and sad about my stepdad's diagnosis to then get that and then my stepdad died it's like my brain didn't really know how to which thing yeah. was worse and which thing to yeah to move over I'm I'm curious I'm not sure just a piece about myself so when my husband took his own life he and I were separated at the time um his family did blame me because they thought he was depression was because of we were separated um so uh, I remember there were people in my life who didn't think it was that it was okay for me to be grieving because, well, you know, you were separated. So how could you be grieving? So I would imagine, you know, being actually divorced and having not spoken to them, maybe you did you have people around you who thought that wasn't, you know, a question to that, you know, why are you grieving this person? He's not in your life anymore. Did that ever come up? Thankfully, no, not yet. <laughs> um, like, I don't like, I'm limited on the friends I've really shared all the details with, but I definitely have a weird feeling of like, not that I shouldn't be grieving, but like I'm having to grieve somebody that I already mourned the loss of, um, right. if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yes. Cause the relationship was the loss. So yes, that makes perfect sense. Um, so I know you, I want to, I want to hear about your music, but what other stuff have you done, um, since then that's really helped you to, you know, survive this, come through this, deal with this, um, you know, so that you could be a, you know, healthy human being today? Well, I mean, I did start weekly therapy sessions. Um, unfortunately I got an email yesterday that she quit. Um, <laughs> but I'll be matched again with somebody. So getting back into therapy was a big thing. And then I would say just maybe focusing on work, just getting through the day. I did get a kitten that's kept me pretty busy. Um, <laughs> so I guess, yeah, just going through the motions, staying in therapy, trying to focus on like radical acceptance and just accepting that things happen and knowing what I can and can't control. Yeah, that's important. So when did you start getting into doing the music? Is that something you've always done or is it just something you've started in these last couple of years? In the past couple of years, um, actually after, after he left, I learned I actually had interests that I could explore. Um, I never really thought about them before. I never really thought of what do I want to do or what would make me happier you know, what are my interests and talents to explore? I just kind of never thought of that as a thing. And so with the free time and space, you know, one day I was just um, 
kind of singing around someone with like a little fake karaoke machine or not fake but like a little cheap karaoke machine and they were like wow like that's really good you should try it like with this um digital audio workstation equipment and we can get plugins and I tried it out and I had a lot of fun and I I remembered how I used to be kind of good at writing when I was younger something I hadn't even really tried to do other than really sad journal entries and which is kind of where I started my music just reading through old really sad journal entries and being like dang I kind of had a poetic way of saying that and then turning it into songs so I like I said I've listened to a couple of your songs how how do you feel like it how is it helping you when you when you're singing your song or recording your songs um do you feel like it's it's helping you process is it um letting you get rid of certain feelings anger whatever um, how, how does that work for you I would say both of those um writing uh, helps me to reflect and sometimes just when I used to write those older journal entries it was just like getting it out of my head because I would have like just these upsetting thoughts bouncing around in my head and then if I could get them out I felt like they they weren't stuck there in my head <laughs> and so then later on I would read back and I'm like wow I was was really going through some stuff um so yeah, that and then kind of turning it into something where you can share how you feel without necessarily having to have like gruesome details in conversations or specifics. You can kind of get a message across and then just having like friends and people appreciate it has been a big confidence booster for me. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, Well, do you have anything else about this whole situation survival anything that you would like um, our listeners to know about something you might recommend whether it's in a relationship that seems to be um, pretty negative uh, and then you know obviously dealing with his mom and so on and then you're feeling since then so if someone else was going through that what would you what would you, what would you offer to them and say hey try this or what do you think about that sort of thing um, I would say it's important to keep up on self-care, um, mental health resources, um, reach out to your primary care doctor if you need a referral for mental health, um, like therapy or something, counseling, psychiatry, because it's it's really important to not let yourself slip into a state of depression that's so low that you don't know what to do. And there's resources out there that can help you. Um, my primary care was able to like put in an urgent referral for therapy and they called me before I even left the office. Um, and it still took a little while to get set up, but I just say my biggest advice to all my friends usually is like, don't give up when it's really hard to get started sometimes with mental health stuff and like getting the, the referral and everybody's booked up or they don't take your insurance, but you you just have to like fake it till you make it at least as you're getting started. Yeah. Just hang in there. Be good to yourself. Be kind. Forgive yourself. You know, keep, make sure that you're, you like, I like the term self-care really um, brings it home. Okay. Well, I don't have any other questions for you. So I want to thank you again so much for agreeing to meet with me on this podcast. 
Um, like I said, when we post it, we're going to put a link to your music because I hope our listeners will will take a listen to to what you've done because I really think it speaks a lot to how you're feeling and how how you're uh, processing. So I think it's great. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Good Grief. To hear more about my personal story, please pick up a copy of the book, The Spider Killer, a memoir of trauma, tragedy, and survival. You can find the book on Amazon and Kindle.